the advice that you hear in a podcast, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt because it's like people are giving that advice because it's applicable to them at this time in their life from their point of view now. We're back on uh, recording where we ha- we took a break of like three, four weeks of recording. It's been long. Yes. It's been very long. Wait, does this mean a break for listeners or it's just our personal break? No, of our course. Lives? It's, it's, <laughs> it's our break. We, we record them together with a couple of different episodes at a time because we're trying to schedule our time the best we can to put it all together. And we're just recording that um, a week before Christmas. I know. Last week, uh, last full week in the office before everyone heads out for the holidays. Last full week in the office. And by the time you hear this episode, it will already be the new year. That's true. So before we actually forget it, happy new year, everyone. Hope you guys started well into 2020. Wow, um, new decade. And that this decade, would be an amazing year. It's crazy. New decade, <gasps> 10 years. I know. Man. But yeah, talking about time. Yeah. We had a great question coming in from Erica. And we'll just play this back. Hey Lauren, hey Stefan, I'm Erica, I'm from Los Angeles, and my question is, I currently work a full-time job, but I really want to get into mastering hand lettering, and I really only have about 30 minutes a day to practice, and I'm wondering how you would structure your week, or how you would structure what you do in those 30 minutes to really improve quickly. Um, I know I've looked at worksheets and your guys' courses, and I'm just kind of wondering how you would maximize if you only had 30 minutes a day and you were starting out and you wanted to really master this skill. Fabulous question. See, so, so articulate, this so is eloquently put. Yeah. And we wanted to say thank you so much for sending us the question after the, the episode aired with uh, Josh. Now you can see, kind of count how many episodes we recorded this back. We got so such an amazing response. We got a lot of questions coming in from our lovely audience that are listening to our podcast. And uh, we are going through all of them. Um, there are some really nice things that we can talk about. And so I feel like this episode, we can really take time to answer this question from Erica. Oh, yeah. Because it's a, it's a great question that we all have to, to figure out with. Um, it might sound very uh, obvious or not so obvious in some cases where... You might think that we have the time of day to create like all day long. I know that I actually have to figure out how much time can I use, can I spend to actually draw and and how can I get better as well? Because like we're never as good as we can be. And so we can always work to get better. And so first off to you, Lauren, um, what are your first thoughts about this question? Yeah, I mean, as you were asking the question, Erica, I was just picturing like, me back in college and like I think for a lot of people when you first start out with especially something like lettering it tends to be a hobby on the side I I think that's the normal progression um, of most creative hobbies turned passions turned potential jobs and when you have a limited amount of time and you're simultaneously consuming, you know, Instagram, uh, Instagram feed full of beautiful work that's like already polished. And maybe someone has had five years, 10 years of experience. It, it can be motivating and also overwhelming to be like, I want to get that good someday. And the truth is there is, there are people who are born with like a natural talent or, uh, you know, gift for things, but you still have to hone that talent, of course. And so 
regardless of where anyone started, anyone who is where you want to be uh, skill-wise with lettering has just logged like thousands of hours. And actually in the studio, uh, Crystal and I were just listening to a Brene Brown book, uh, Daring Greatly. Have you read it, Stefan? I st- I got it. I started it and yeah. lost track of it. <laughs> it's a it's still great, but we were listening to a podcast before Brene's book called Factually, Factually. with Adam Conover. Do you watch Adam Ruins Everything? Uh, I'm pretty obsessed no. with it. It's so fun. I need to check that. It's this comedian who takes on different topics and like uh, dispels like myths around it. And they were talking about um, basically how intelligent people get in their own way and. When your ambitions are bigger than your current skill set, which is what's so frustrating about not being super far along with your skills, um, your eyes, quote unquote, are bigger than your stomach. <laughs> and you know the, the moral of the story was the 10-minute walk that you take every day is better than the two-hour run that you think about doing you know, right. every day. Yep. And so- it reminded me of that, and it's fresh in my mind, Erica, because we I was just listening to that. But if you have thirty minutes a day, you know that's that could be thirty minutes more than someone else. Like maybe someone else has zero time, and not that you should compare your time to everybody else's all the time. I, I completely not that I take that back. Okay, <laughs> I'm rusty at this, Stefan. I haven't we haven't recorded in two weeks. Um, but those thirty minutes in a day, if that's all you've got, like that's still better than nothing, and Sure, it may take a week of that to accrue the amount of time that maybe someone with a more lax schedule would have to just dedicate to like a day of lettering. But the 30 minutes you put in now consistently is what's going to build your skill because anyone whose work you admire, they've been honing their skills for at least a couple years. I Mm -hmm. guarantee it. Like either a couple years on the side or like maybe a year at the fastest, like constantly. Everyone's schedule is different. And scrolling through an Instagram feed too, you can't tell what someone's schedule looks like and how much time they have and what's going on in their life. Um, Because we always, I always forget that too, that I have a life to live too, and that matters (laughs) what's going on in it. And work sometimes takes, you know, the front seat, the back seat, the trunk, like depending on what's going on. So yeah, I'd say for those 30 minutes, one thing that I've been thinking a lot about as we end the year, and I guess now that when you're listening to this, it'll be the new year, is obviously taking action is helpful. But before you even do that, to have a tiny bit of a game plan to figure out, okay, I've got this limited amount of time. How do I want to spend it? Or what are my goals so I can figure out how to use that time the most effectively? I do think that just like blindly working instead of not working is better than nothing. But if you You probably do have some sense of like, I really am drawn to script lettering or I really am drawn to chunky sans serif, like, you know, bolder styles. Picture, you know, choose one goal that you want to work towards first. It doesn't mean that you can only work on that. But if your goal, you know, there's only so much you can do in a year, um, you know, as Stefan has said. And if you pick one main thing that you'd like to get better at this year because you only have 30 minutes. I think that I find that I get greater satisfaction when I master one smaller specific skill and feel really good about it than like 20% mastering, you know, a couple different things. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the multitasking of getting better at art. Um, Everyone's got a different uh, workflow and style, but I would say my best advice would be to take 
a day or two and like think about what you would like to improve on, like prioritize them. Obviously the answer, the easy answer is like everything. I want to improve on everything because I I get into that trap too. But pick a couple things that you feel drawn towards, um, that you feel passionate about, and then use those 30 minutes to work on those things. And then once you feel comfortable with those in, you know, three months, six months, however long it takes, you can move on to the next thing on your list. That would be my best advice. What about you, Stefan? I'm curious to hear what you think. Oh man, I just took so many notes. I wrote down so I many saw, notes. I saw, I'm glad. I know, like probably you're <laughs> hearing the background like, <laughs> if not, we, we, we could add that in just to make it sound even better. I love it. You you touched on the right thing, the game plan. And you also touched on the the repetition, like having 30 minutes every day I feel like is actually a lot better than having just a whole day onto itself every week or every month. It's more digestible. Exactly. And also the repetition of doing it daily will have a bigger effect. So the best example is if you work out every day for 30 minutes, um, you're going to get better so much faster than if you just do, did one workout every week for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, amounted all together, it's like three, four hours where you would work out and try to do all these exercises in one day. Like your body needs to rest, your mind needs to rest in between those things. And so half an hour is amazing. I usually, when, well, when people ask me, like, why are you not creating? Like, I don't have any time. Then I usually go back and like ask them, like, how much time do you actually have? Like five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes? an hour would be amazing. Like I still wish I had an hour every day to, to, to use that up, to create something. And then sometimes it's just like the day run away and half an hour would, would have been amazing to actually use that time for. So making that a habit of creating, use that time to create something mm. is, is probably the best thing you can do for a longevity perspective. And now the question is how much can you cram into those 30 minutes? Like what can you do? Um, and can you perfect over time? The thing you need to know is kind of like weights when you exercise. When you start out with 10 kilos, you're like, well, it's kind of light. But as you go on, as you progress, you'll learn to like pull more weight and, and to do more. So think is that as well when you exercise, when you do these 30 minutes, is that you're exercising, you're stretching your capacity and that you should always at the end of those 30 minutes feel like you've stretched it further than you've actually wanted to. So for example, for me, an exercise that I like to do is 16 types of one letter. Um, usually the first four letters are easy. The next uh, four are kind of like more challenging. And the oh my gosh. eight, the four, the four next is like, man, I cannot. Mm-hmm. And then finally I'm trying to, to like try to come up with four, the last four because it's like just so annoying. And, and so kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger actually says, like when he's asked about how many repetitions do you do? He's like three, it's like how much, like you do only three sit-ups, three push-ups. And it's like, no, don't just do three. I like do all the push-ups until I feel my muscles, like, like, like I feel it being hard. And then I do three more. And so that's kind of the idea that you ha- would have is to push yourself in artistically and then always kind of like, just really try one more thing. Um, that's kind of my rule is always like to add one more thing. And so I really 30 like minutes, yeah. yeah, 30 minutes is, is great to letter a word, to letter a short quote. Like I've done, 
I've done a whole chalk lettering in 30 minutes, like from choosing the quotes to drawing it up, sketching it up, and then drawing the whole piece in 30 minutes. There's a YouTube video. Yeah, there's a YouTube video about that, um, how I do that. Because I felt like that's a great challenge. And every time I feel like challenge is like, whoa, I'm learning so much. Like I learned so much in those Mm -hmm. 30 minutes where I did this exercise because the next time I'm doing like, yeah, I can totally do it faster. I can totally improve on these little things. Mm -hmm. And... And one guy, I think his uh, his Instagram handle is Beeple Dot, uh, or no Beeple Crap. Um, Beeple Crap, I've met him. <laughs> yeah, like he's been doing. Yeah, Mike Winkleman. Every days for the last twelve years, and and you see his work, and he's like, like he is not impressed by what he creates. I I feel like he's just like yeah, that's normal. That's what I do in a day, but what he can come up with, like. I heard this this story that he was just on the future and they were arguing with how much money should he ask for for his time. And he, he just cannot get over himself to ask more because for him, it's just like, well, it takes me less than a day. But he's worked 12 years on perfecting his art, on perfecting his speed. Like he can create something. He's a in, very humble guy. Yeah, like in one day he can create something like for Kanye West and Jay-Z, he could create like a whole artwork that will be displayed where other people's other studios would work in teams for weeks. Mm-hmm. And he can just create, like come up with something in like a day and just be like, yeah, that's perfect. Like that's going to be good enough. Yeah, no, we shouldn't punish ourselves for working fast. Yeah. If anything, like... When I first met him, we were on a panel together and he was talking about, yeah, making some, this is a couple of yeah. years ago. So yeah, making something every day for like nine or 10 years, which is so wild. But, you know, I think that there's something really powerful about that. And one thing I want to say to Erica is like you making the chalk piece, Stefan, in 30 minutes is like mind blowing to me. Chalk is a pretty fast medium once you get yeah. into it though, I will say, as someone who does chalk lettering. If anyone feels like they can't work that fast or like you couldn't do a whole phrase in 30 minutes or you couldn't even do a whole word, it's okay. Not everyone works at the same speed. I'm a pretty fast worker with stuff that I am comfortable with. Um, Obviously, when you're starting out, there's a little bit more of like your uncertainty when you're making your decisions and your pencil strokes. And so that's why it's a little bit slower. But do what is comfortable for you, but like Stefan said, like then push Mm -hmm. it a little bit. I think that's important. I really like that part of your message, Stefan. I think that I've been thinking so much about this as the year comes to an end, like setting big goals or like setting high expectations as a way to expand what we believe is possible for ourselves while at the same time, not letting those huge goals and aspirations overwhelm us to the point of not doing anything. Because I think that's where that disconnect happens where Again, that the analogy from that podcast of like that that two or three or four mile run that you think about doing is, and then you don't do mm-hmm. the ten minute walk or jog is so much more powerful still because you did it. And so, if you try, like maybe start with a word. If you find that like that's too fast, try, maybe try a phrase the next day. If you find that a word is too much for you right now, like as Stefan said, you start with ten kilos and then you work your way up slowly. So when you go to the weights at the gym, which I'm totally familiar with, (laughs) you basically either see what someone else your size is lifting or you take a guess based on what a friend's told you. Like, what is the first weight that you grab? You look at the smallest one and you're like, okay, I think I can do more than that, but maybe not as much as this one. So you just kind of take a guess and you try it and you're like, oh no, I think that was too much. And so you just, you're going to have to tailor it as you go. But 
at the very least, especially, you know, going back to your very specific question about what to focus on, if you are more beginner, I think at the very least, just setting aside 30 minutes a day to draw one letter a day, go A through Z and do maybe do the numbers too. And then once you reach the end, start over and try again and like up mm-hmm. your weight per se and try a new style or try a new adding some more, uh, you know, embellishments or whatnot. Um, even if it's just a letter a day, as, as like, let's say we're equating that to the, the uh, lightest weight at the gym, it's still a starting mm-hmm. place. Um, and so thinking about all the beautiful letters you want to draw, scrolling on Instagram, I'm guilty of this myself. Sometimes I trick myself into thinking that that counts as doing the work, but it yeah. totally doesn't. Um, it will not train your hand. It will not train your eye. Uh, and so you just got to start small. I'll, I'll say from personal experience, you know, for those of you who've been listening to this podcast for a while or following my work, I am not a like professionally trained lettering artist. I went to school for advertising and did take some design classes like in tandem with that, but we didn't have lettering offered at my school back in 2010. <laughs> and so I'm self-taught and Stefan is self-taught. And we all started, you know, just kind of doodling around and being like, this is fun. Yeah. And having that passion for it and it not really feeling like work is a big reason why a lot of people end up practicing a lot because it's what you would do to relax anyways. So I started with probably, yeah, 30 minutes to an hour a day in between classes on the weekend. Actually, on the weekend, sometimes I would just have a good chunk of time, which was nice. But yeah, I just started with a pad of graph paper in my dorm room, pencil, Sharpie. There was nothing really fancy about it, but I realized that I could draw letters even if they weren't great at first. Um, I knew kind of basic type principles. It felt cool to draw, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, Hopefully, Hopefully what will happen for you as it happened with me is I was like, okay, I really only have an hour, you know, in between classes or something. And I would do that. But then I would find myself finding these extra pockets of time because I was so passionate about it. I was like, wait, I can doodle, you know, in class when nothing Mm -hmm. important is going on, or I can doodle on my commute Mm -hmm. home, like on the subway. Um, you know, I can actually say, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay in on Saturday instead of going out with my friends and I'm going to draw and relax. And, uh, so what happened naturally for me is I ended up carving out other pockets of time to work on my lettering because it was fun mm. for me. Um, it's not fun for everybody. And so try to pick up on the things that you feel excited about, about lettering in particular too. Like if you, double down on those, I guarantee you, you will be more motivated. You will probably find more pockets of time and commit to it if getting better at lettering is something that you know you want to do. And just to add to that too, like how your, Mm -hmm. your other part of the question was, how do you get better and faster? The best way that I know how to is either you learn by practicing a lot and it can take a lot of time, but you can do also big jumps when you take courses, when you go through like uh, worksheets, when you go on YouTube, um, mm-hmm. kind of to educate yourself is, I would see this as kind of like the the fast recovery and the eating well while you're exercising is to really like to try out new things, like learn how to do brush calligraphy, learn how to do calligraphy, learn how to do some black letters styled fonts. And like you can take a design, a design class on typefaces And you can learn so much that you can add to your lettering. That's really true. It reminds me of, yeah, with courses and workbooks, like 
doing something completely on your own, starting from scratch, staring at a blank page. You and I have have been there before, right? Like you're just like, I want to create, but I don't know what to create. Having some guidance can be really helpful Mm -hmm. at the beginning, especially if, you know, if you are overwhelmed by a blank page or don't quite know what you're doing or just want some accountability. A course is great to follow along with doing one module a day or something or a part of it. Uh, A book um, just to follow along. A a challenge um, is good just to have some parameters. It reminded me of just to use the uh, working out analogy again, hiring a personal trainer for the first couple months while you're trying to get fit. So you learn all the exercises, you know how to do them correctly. So you're not going to injure yourself and you build a solid foundation to like springboard off of. It doesn't mean that you can't do it on your own. I taught myself and, you know, of course I had a little bit of type classes in school and, you know, I would kind of look at other people's work and look at, uh, you know, my, my type books and be like, okay, I think I'm doing this part right. But because I'm self-taught, I didn't learn a lot of the technical things till like a year or two in. And I was, I was like, oh, I've been drawing my A's and my N's incorrectly from a traditional standpoint this whole time. And now I can correct that. So depending on your motivations and your work style and the kind of style of lettering you're drawn towards, those very technical things are more important or less Mm -hmm. important, depending on what you want to do. If you want to do like a looser Timothy Goodman style, like lettering, it's helpful to understand traditional type, but you can, my rule that I teach my students is as long as it reads as the letter, it's not wrong. The the classic proportions could be off. But as long as it reads, it's not wrong. Wonky, wonky type has a yeah. place for sure. It's, it's got a lot of personality. It feels human. Uh, but if you are trying to do more of like a Nick Masani style lettering, you know, very exact and very ornate and very classic and elegant, then those do matter more, those technical tips. So that's kind of why I led with uh, yeah, my answer to you, Erica, of getting clear on what you're drawn towards and maybe setting a couple goals, um, just getting to know like your taste and what you want to do and then acting accordingly. Um, because if you are really drawn to Nick's work, uh, you might want to sign up for some type classes or you might want to get some more traditional lettering mm-hmm. books to follow along with or get some practice sheets um, where as if you like more experimental stuff, you can just go for it. Honestly, one if you like more experimental stuff, One thing you could do too is just for 30 minutes a day, every day, just try drawing with, try drawing in a different style with a different like tool, Mm -hmm. like a pen, pencil, marker, whatever it may be to just kind of get it out and start, uh, you know, seeing what your hand naturally does and what you gravitate towards. So you can totally self-direct like a quote unquote 30 minute a day lettering program for yourself. If you give yourself a couple parameters of, okay, I'm going to work on this. Um, or I'm going to use this. I find that setting some parameters when working on personal goals or personal projects are so helpful in actually getting you to sit down and commit and do the work rather than getting overwhelmed at the seemingly uh, endless amount of options (laughs) that a blank page gives you. Yeah, like you can even simplify the exercise to make it a challenge saying like, I'll use one word, maybe the word create, love, hello, whatever. Mm -hmm. And redraw it every day for seven days straight without like yeah. changing the word, but it's changing the style. It's changing the, the, all the elements that you can possibly choose. It's kind of like rep- the repetitive A that I do in like 16 different ways. It's hard mm-hmm. because you're trying, you're, you're getting out of options and, and you have to push your creativity 
use like really push your creative muscles and exactly having those last three three (laughs) push-ups oh i was gonna say one thing that i thought thought of to say that would be helpful is i think it's helpful to when you're when you're starting out and when you're trying to like self critique your lettering and get better always try to whether it's a letter a word or a phrase even if it's still a sketch like render out the whole piece fill in the shapes like make it a a finalized piece where like it's it's not in like a mm-hmm. wireframe kind of state like you want to you don't have to like ink it you could if you have time but 30 minutes sounds like a good time for like a tight pencil yeah. sketch to me just finish it out so you have yeah like what Stefan was saying you inspired me to think of this so if you lettered the word create for seven days in a row, like a nice tight pencil sketch, then you can compare all these same level of doneness pieces and critique, do some self-critique and have it be more helpful than if you had a really rough pencil sketch, some thumbnails from one day, like a, a bunch of different fragmented things that all got taken to different levels of completion. Um, I think that that's one like technical tip I would give you is pick a level of completion that you're comfortable with. And for me, a rough pencil sketch is kind of the minimum to be able to really improve. Uh, And then you can kind of self-evaluate from there. And finally, I think that's kind of to bring it all together is to even post it on Instagram every single day. Because exactly that creates the accountability you need. Plus you need to bring Mm -hmm. it as far as readiness to, to be able to share it. And you'll see, your work will improve. One, you have like a whole backlog of pictures that you can see like, oh, you know what? That's what I've created this day. And you will want to be looking back at 2019 where like, this is where I started. This is how I improved over time. And and even if I only had half an hour, like this is how much I can practice and how much I can get better. And for me, Instagram has always been like a tool for accountability. Um, that's why I actually love that feeling of, oh, you know what, I totally should create because that tells me I haven't been actually working on myself and trying to improve mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done a lot of 100-day, well, one 100-day challenge and a lot of 30-day uh, challenges. And so all of these always have helped me to to improve my my lettering, uh, helped me to really step on on getting better. And, and finally, also just if you only have a half an hour or only if you have half an hour, that's kind of the best time that you give yourself like after half an hour, I need to post and take a picture and share it. Otherwise, the exercise is not complete. And so always bringing it to the complete stage will kind of like help you to move on and actually grow and not step into this perfection trap. That's why it's great to have that time limit plus having that accountability to post it. I agree. And that really applies to anything. Like if you're a photographer, take a picture uh, every single day, take five pictures, share those, like create like a carousel on Instagram. If you're a videographer, like make a six second video of uh, like a TikTok video of yourself uh, every single day, like do it. Mm -hmm. There's pretty much no reason why half an hour should be too little to actually create something, even five minutes. My brother challenged me one time. Um, he, he said like, you know, I'll, I, I bet, well, I told him, I bet I, you have five minutes to, to do something, to create something. He's like, yeah, definitely have five minutes. I was like, perfect. You don't need anything more to actually create a movie. And he's like, but my movies like take days and not even weeks to create. And I'm like, what about a six second movie? And I was like, yeah, I can do a six second video. 
like that's exactly that. Like often we have this impression of like a finished piece should look like this and that will take me hours and hours to finish. And then you think like, I cannot do this. So therefore I cannot create. But if you change the rules and say like, how much time do you have to create saying, I only have 30 minutes. Perfect. This is like, how much can you, like, for example, for me in 30 minutes, I know I can do a whole chalk wall piece. I can do a whole quote in 30 minutes, but that comes from years, oh years gosh, of experience. So fast. And of course, and you built up to being able yeah, to do it that fast ex- too. Exactly. And so I bet Erica in, in a year, if you practice that, if you start with one letter in 30 minutes and then you grow to do like a whole word in a year, like in half a year mm-hmm. times, you'll be able to do quotes in 30 minutes easily. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I just realized that, you know, when I was younger and used to take like figure drawing and still life classes, like there are exercises in like a still life class, for example, where you're going to do a five minute mm-hmm. warm up and a 15 minute, you know, figure drawing session, and then they're going to change poses. Like we have those parameters in other areas um, in other workshops, um, other creative things. Lettering, you're right. There is a misconception that you have to sit down and finish the piece in one go and it has to be from thumbnails all the way to the final piece. You can give your if you just give yourself, like you said, the six minute movie or the six, six second movie, give yourself the parameters and know that that's what you're working with. And like, you're just going to have a bunch of 30 minute pieces and to bring it, to tie it back to Stefan's uh, weight analogy, you're just kind of upping yeah. your weight that you're, you know, working yeah. out with slowly over time. And one day you too may be able to do a whole chalk piece in 30 minutes. I am blown away. We'll have a challenge in a year with you, Erica, like how far you've come and then see who is faster in finishing one piece. And you got, you you got to know I'm super competitive. I will try my best to, to win it, whatever I can. This reminds me, there was a show here in the U S back when I was like a, maybe like 11 or 12 years old on Food Network called Throwdown with Bobby Flay. And you totally just remind me. So what he, what he does is he's the professional and he goes to different restaurants around the U.S. to challenge the restaurant owners to make their famous dish. He's like, I can make it better. I oh, challenge you. Man versus food. No. No, it's a... It's him. He's a chef and he goes and cooks. So let's say I'm here in Detroit and I make really good cinnamon rolls. And you heard about the cinnamon rolls, you would fly to Detroit and you'd bust into my restaurant and you would go, hey, Lauren, I heard you make great cinnamon rolls. I'm here to challenge you that I can make good cinnamon rolls too. And then let's have the crowd do a taste test and see whose cinnamon rolls are better. That is so cool. I would love that. So yeah, we got a new challenge now. And whoever wants to participate, we'll have like a whole challenge with them. If uh, anyone or any companies are listening to this in 2020 and want to sponsor flying me and Stefan around the world to go challenge exactly. people to art, uh, we are we'll open. We'll knock on some doors, we we'll get some people in and we're like, all right, we want to see, we want to do a throwdown. If you believe you can do this faster and better than us, we'll challenge you. No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing too is like, actually, we can tie it back to the podcast You and I started recording this podcast, what, six months ago, just in little bits, not knowing what we were doing, like fumbling around. The audio was kind of weird, but we did it and we recognized how valuable it was to just start. And I bet a year from now, the podcast will be in such a different place and we'll be so glad we stumbled through the first five or 10 episodes, right? 
and then found our footing, figured out one thing after another. And we will be natural. Yeah, I doing think that it was scary and doing all the conferences. Yeah, it was scary for us to start because we didn't really know what was going to happen. We were, I mean, we're even investing money in this, like, but we are both committed to just showing up every week, recording. Um, obviously, it took a little break because of your work travel and life happens too. Like, but we are committed to consistently recording and keeping yep. the podcast updated. And we know a year from now, it's going to be so much better. I'm so excited. And I'm glad that we'll have this backlog of first, like, uh, like quote unquote, like vintage <laughs> uh, episodes to be like, wow, look how far we've Even come. in our thinking, how far have we come in our thinking? Like we'll listen back to some episodes and we'll be like, did I really say that? I don't No, I couldn't believe that oh I said gosh, that. And I'm I like, know. this is cool. This is why we do it. It's good to have yeah. a catalog. Cause you know what? And yeah, I mean, for anyone listening to the advice that you hear in a podcast on ours, on someone else's anywhere in life, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt because it's like people are giving that advice because it's applicable to them at this yeah. time in their life from their point of view. Now people are, ever-changing and we're always expanding and learning and if you're not challenging what you were doing five or ten years ago and maybe it just means you're a creature of habit who knows but I I like to think that I've evolved so much in my thinking and in my process and in my point of view over the last five years and even over the last year every year there's a, a big shift so yeah it's it's good to listen back and be like oh did I say, like you said, did I say that? Like, yeah, I did. And it's because it worked for me and people like me mm. at the time. And now I'm going to say something else. And it doesn't mean that past advice was completely invalid. It just means it's not resonating with me right now. But it could in another five years. You never know. I love it. I think. Amazing. I think we can end it right here. Thank you so much Woo! for listening. Um, we are excited that you started into this new year for all the plans you got. And uh, we hope... Send us more questions. Yeah, send us more questions. We got a couple more to answer and we will be back next week on Monday on your favorite podcasting app. Till then, see you soon. See you next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Striving Artist Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to share it on social media. It would help us a lot if you could also rate, review, and subscribe to the Striving Artist Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or SoundCloud. This also helps us in ranking the show and would be greatly appreciated. We would love to hear from you via email, DM, or even voice message on Anchor. We'll see you in the next one. Bye.